Welcome to Commune, a global wellness community and online course platform featuring some of the world's greatest teachers. We're on a mission to inspire, heal, pass down wisdom, and bring the world closer together. This is the Commune Podcast, where each week we explore these ideas and practices to help us live healthy, connected, and purpose-filled lives. You can learn more about our courses, our community, and everything else we do at onecommune.com. Today, we talk with Rodney Yi and Colleen Sedman Yi, two pioneer yoga teachers and the creators and directors of Urban Zen's Integrative Yoga Therapist Program, which is Donna Karen's worldwide initiative to transform hospital care. The mission of Urban Zen is to change the present healthcare paradigm by treating the patient and not just the disease. The program trains healthcare workers and the yoga community in the healing modalities of yoga therapy, Reiki, essential oil therapy, nutrition, and contemplative care, both to manage the stress of being a healthcare provider and to help patients heal holistically. Today, Colleen and Rodney share with us how their experiences led them to an understanding of what it means to heal the whole person through all five senses and through bearing witness to another's suffering. I'm Jeff Krasno, host of the Commune Podcast, and here's Colleen to start us off. that uh, Urban Zen started when Donna Karen cared for her late husband Stephen Weiss while he was uh, suffering from lung cancer for seven years. And I don't know if you've ever met Donna, but she's in the ozone. And she's jumped on every spiritual bandwagon since she was a teenager and um, is very into all of what her late husband Stephen would call the woo-woos. They weren't uh, tangible to him. It was like some fairyland thing that keeps Donna um, happy and occupied. But when Stephen was sick, Donna would bring in her woo-woos, whether that was somebody with essential oil or green juice or Reiki or, um, you know, breath work or whatever it would be, she would bring in these woo-woos and they brought Stephen so much solace and comfort uh, under those very difficult times. And of course, Donna as well couldn't have lived without them at that time. That Stephen's dying wish to Donna was, this has to be available to everyone, especially those suffering, and even more than the patients, the nurses. Says they have been so caring to me, and they're so tired, and they're the backbone of this industry, but they're not being cared for um, in the way that they deserve to be cared for. And uh, we'd been Donna's teachers you know, for a little bit at this point. She'd actually called me to help her with her grief um, when Stephen had died, so I'd been spending some time doing that. And so we had dinner with her, with Rodney, and she was just reeling about how she's gonna make, she has to make her dying husband's wish come true. 
And so it was a, a brainstorming evening. And Rodney and I were like, well, you know, the yoga teachers become yoga teachers really to help people. And um, I think that's a community that we can tap into for this kind of service. And Colleen's teacher, Sharon Gannon at Jivan Mukti said basically, you know, yoga is the state of nothing missing. But in the healthcare industry, it's obvious that we've gone down one branch of the tree and we've missed out on a lot of other aspects of the fullness of the tree and the earth and us as human beings. And uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out we need to become more holistic in the way we look at healthcare. Um, yoga, I think, starts on that journey. But look, every culture and tradition in the earth basically has a system of healthcare. And for the Western world to think it has some strange, you know, monopoly on what's good for the human being is a very myopic, ethnic centric point of view. I think we're starting to come off that a little bit. Uh, so there's an opportunity, not, not only a need, but an opportunity now because the consciousness is more open. So in this, we begin to ask the fundamental question to the medical community of how can we help? And we asked that actually at a health symposium that we created with Donna. It was a wellness initiative that lasted 10 days. And we had the, um, the facilitator from the Clinton Global Initiative there facility, facilitating the discussions. We started those 10 days with uh, yoga classes every morning. And then we had panel speakers. And then we had groups over lunch talking about the questions that came up from the panel discussions, but all rallied around how can we help. We had over a thousand nurses and doctors every day at this symposium. You have to understand what came out of that was our healthcare system is broken. They were the first to admit. And so Colleen and I went back to saying, okay, let's start pulling on the yoga community but where can we plug in? What happened after that that really began to consolidate it, Urban's and Integrative Therapy was Evans were wanted to have a 10-year celebration for the vaginal monologues. Katrina had just happened in 2003. This was about 2006, 2007. She decided to put on a celebration at the Superdome in New Orleans. Donna asked us and Eve Ensler asked us to create an Urban Zen Lounge in that circumstance. We invited a lot of the experts we knew. We invited Reiki experts, essential oil experts, obviously yoga teachers and their experts and nutritional experts. We basically went down there and created the Urban Zen Lounge. We treated 6,000 women in a matter of a weekend and it was extraordinary. The psychotherapists that were next door eventually, after half a day, came over to our lounge and really it became the center of the beehive for that whole conference, I believe. Colleen even interviewed a lot of the women and I'll let her talk about that. It's amazing. Yeah, it was interesting. I think that was my first look into contemplative care 
because they would bring in one woman after another and these women would tell me their stories and you know a lot of it was they're living in tent cities where there was no safety there was no walls their husbands were uh, beaten down and angry they'd lost everything um, including their dignity and um, so these women were getting beaten raped quite often and some of them stole away in the middle of the night to come to this event and uh, Eve Ensler and her group were helping to re to place them someplace where they could be safe and these were the kind of stories that I was hearing and you know I like to talk to my friends and you know offer advice and um, whatnot and, but I realized I had no advice for these women all I could do was bear witness to their pain to their suffering to their stories and um, to their beauty and to their honesty and to their realness and they were um, it was some of the most beautiful hours that I got to spend with them was bearing witness which is what contemplative care is you can't fix it but you can see them and you can hear them without your own agenda without your own story without your own interjections um, and it, it takes a a fair amount of strength and vulnerability to be able to stay in a room and practice and embrace and um, but what every woman said even those that were uh, beaten and battered and had to you know run away and grab their kids literally in the middle of the night I said they wouldn't have changed a thing I said that from that experience the bonds that they've created and the amount, I know we use this word growth a lot, but it is a word that I heard from them, the amount of spiritual growth that they attained from such that difficult, difficult situation that, um, and you know, a lot of them were, you know, Christians and um, I say that they have become so much closer to God and to trust and to faith as a result of this having to lose everything and still in some ways that's how they found themselves so serendipitously in some ways we hit upon this confluence of modalities that wove so well together especially in a hospital situation that we really felt okay something is being born here and that was 10 years ago I mean, I came into the world to do this work, I believe. I mean, when I was a very young girl, my grandfather, who lived with us at the time, he was a raging alcoholic, um, but he was brilliant. And he told my mother and myself that I was going to be a nurse. And he had no doubt about it that I was put on this planet to become a nurse. And then, you know, my first job was at what we used to call them old folks' homes. And, um, and my job was to do arts and crafts with these human beings that were near the end of their life and a lot of them stuck away in this home without visitors and um, and some of them were bedridden so I'd have to go into the bed and have those styrofoam balls and just almost like a kindergarten class but that wasn't my real job my real job was to uh, walk in the room and and be with them and uh, I ascertained a lot of wisdom know from them what's important and what's not important and uh, and then flash forward 
you know, 10 years later, I ended up working for the, uh, well, initially it was working on 13th Street for the homeless men dying of AIDS. Um, and I would go in and my job was really to clean the bathrooms. But it just felt like that's who I was and that's what I needed to do. Glamorous, it was not. And some days I did not want to go in and do it. And then I started writing to Mother Teresa when I was a young girl. And so I would write to her. And, and then when I was 28, I got a letter back from her. Well, it was from one of her assistants, Sister Priscilla, and said, you're ready to serve the poorest of the poor. So then I went to India and worked with those patients. And, you know, and then the yoga training, you know, brought me to Rodney and then to our, our joint venture in the Urban Zen Integrative Therapy. So it just feels like every step of the way, this is where, and this, coming back to what you were asking, it feels like the symptoms are the same. You know, people want to be um, seen, they want to be heard, they want to be touched. Um, they don't want to be fixed necessarily, and that's not our realm anyway. One of the things that Colleen and I had to make sure our Urban Zen Integrative Therapist did was not just have a conversation. In fact, we had four other modalities to actually bring them into the present moment. And so even though listening and being in some ways a container for another person's story to come out and just be present with it was really to facilitate in-bed movements to facilitate a beautiful position of the body so that healing could more take place. Colleen, myself, and our other colleagues really to put together full-on charts of like, okay, what are the main symptoms that someone's dealing with in the hospital? And we came up with the term panic, and it represented pain, anxiety, nausea, insomnia, constipation. Further down the road, because we did a little work with Doctors Without Borders down in Haiti after the disasters down there, we also added sadness and exhaustion. But we wanted people to walk into the room, bear witness, and then get busy. <laughs> like, okay, this person seems anxious and they seem exhausted. What modalities do you point out? What oils do you point out? What breath awareness are you doing? So in that sense, we were really giving someone a tool belt to deal with the situation. You know, these doctors are exhausted and, you know, many of them are old school and maybe not on board. But the ones that showed up, as Rodney said, said this system is broken and we need help. And what we're offering does help. It helps greatly with pain management. Unfortunately, you know, touch is being sort of like, um, you know, massacred these days for good reason. But nonetheless, it's like the skin is more accurate than the eyes. Without a question, the eyes can see a hundredth of an inch difference. The skin can feel a thousandth of an inch difference. The, we are not just a visual society. We're not just an auditory society. Let's bring in smell and taste and touch. And that's what Urban Zen is basically saying. Come on, let's get all five senses as a calling card back to living your life. One of the body awareness meditations we do 
is to actually run through the whole body as it is. Not as a dream, not as something you want to get out of. This is it. And you're going to run through it and you're going to feel the body as it is. So even though I may have just had my arm amputated, I actually still have another arm and two legs. I should be aware that my whole universe is not the absence of an arm. A woman or a man sitting in a room alone. First of all, we don't know at all who is the seer of the man or the woman. Second of all, there's no ability to be alone. So, and, and there may not even be a room or time and space. So, I mean, that's what modern physics is figuring out, right? So, see, we create this situation, but in fact, it's, that situation doesn't exist at all. So, how can you decentralize yourself on an idea that actually has, there's no, there's no substance to that idea. So that, that's the weird irony. We're suffering from something that doesn't ha is not happening. How could that possibly be? I don't think we think legacy or impact. To be honest, I'm not a visionary, even though I've been called one. I don't think past the next step necessarily. Um, and if the next step can be one, as Titnah Han had said, of peace or of service, or if there's somebody right in front of me, like we spoke to our daughter this morning who um, was having a really difficult time. So to be able to bring some solace um, or some listening to her, I keep coming back to this listening. Um, we're putting one foot in front of the other. You know, things come up. Talking to you comes up. Um, you know, we got a call this morning from another hospital that's interested. So we'll have that meeting. And uh, it just feels like we build it and they are coming. You know, if you look at time at all and say, okay, 500 years from now, I mean, really? <laughs> Legacy? I mean, come on. Who, who do we know? Alexander the Great, Socrates, Plato? I mean, we're none of those. We're not a Bach or a Beethoven, you know, so, uh, you know, legacy is sort of this word of the, the sort of nouveau riche, I think it's, 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 <laughs> it's like some little fantasy of grandeur for someone who has a little bit of money. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's like, why, why even spend a moment of time considering I'm going to have a legacy? I mean, just look at history and you'll dispel that already so like i love this idea that colleen's just saying the next step or this step or you know it's a little bit like uh, what does happen for us is that we feel like we've had an amazing life and it's culminating into a special time together it's culminating into um having some drops of wisdom, I think, that that sort of burn like embers inside the heart that keep you warm a little bit of like, wow, that's nourishing to have done that and felt that. It, it also makes you realize um, at least this thing that we're living in is not eternal. Maybe something about this being is. Um, and the 
we can relax a little bit actually maybe yeah it's it you know and maybe that's what we've really missed throughout our careers actually well we did a good job of building an anthill but maybe we forgot to actually relax along the way and maybe that's coming or maybe not maybe it's a, a very difficult habit to break at this point a lot of people retire and then they're more busy than ever right so it's a little weird and so we we question every day what the heck is selfless service is it even possible uh are we just fooling ourselves um or or is it more like colleen saying is it just like wow this blueprint was there and it felt like almost like a destiny type of thing uh, for me if you're not sharing something that's actually not quite as real he can't eat ice cream without sharing it it's like no 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 really you, you have, have to, to taste, taste this, this. <laughs> it, it's sort of like whoa if you guys taste this too you're gonna have this feeling and then i'm gonna be elated even more Each of us share common bonds with one another, not just with our friends and family, but with every person in the world. As we say here, out of many, one. Rodney and Colleen give us a glimpse into what it means to find unity and promote wellness, all stemming from their relationship with one another. Two heads are typically better than one, and two hearts even better. So imagine what we could put into the world if we looked for these common bonds amongst ourselves, if what we prioritize was sharing out of a desire for others to experience a bliss we are experiencing. That bliss can be as simple as ice cream or as complex as love and compassion, but it all comes from the same place. And it is the ties that bind us all. If you'd like more information on Urban Zen, you can visit their website at urbanzen.org. Their work is putting love into the world to heal not just the wounds we can see, but the ones we can't, too. Thanks so much for spending time with us here on the Commune Podcast. I'm Jeff Krasno, and I'll see you next time.